When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, joined today for another one of the 25-year uh, podcasts. We're talking to Christopher Clark. Christopher, how you doing? I'm good, sir. How about yourself? No problems. Uh, we really appreciate having you on and here to talk about Jamal Lewis today. Yes, sir. My guy, Jay Lou. All right. You know, this is your episode in a lot of ways. Tell us how we're, we're, we're going to discuss this, what you'd like to discuss about Jamal that made him such an exciting back. Everything. You, you want to, I want to have a discussion about everything. Like Jamal, Jamal was just special. He was very special. All right. So, so uh, came to the Ravens out of Tennessee, uh, fifth round draft pick. Or sorry, fifth overall pick in two thousand. Uh, by far the highest pick the Ravens ever spent on a running back. Uh, were you excited on draft day? Yes, I was. I really was. I was like, we, we. I was like, we got a big, we got a big bruiser, and he's very fleet of foot. So. And he's a rare, definitely a very rare back that combined that that speed and the size, kind of Bo Jackson a little bit in that regard of of a, a very unusual talent to bring to the position. Um, there, there have not been many since. So that, that 2000 season right away was a little strange because Jamal wasn't quite ready for camp, uh, had some injury problems, didn't didn't get the starting job right away right. to start the season. By about week three, he came in. And he was rolling pretty much for the rest of 2000. Yeah, he, he, he came in. He wasn't ready. Like you said, he had some injuries that he dealt with. But week three, from that point forward, he just took off. Yeah, remarkable rookie season at 1,364 yards. Uh, Jamal uh, really 
was the offense in a lot of ways in 2000. Trent Dilfer was not giving them much in terms of obviously a passing game, and Tony Banks had a lot of problems early on. But Jamal was the one component of that offense they could really depend on. Yeah, and that, uh, Brian Billick's favorite line was, give the ball to Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that offensive line, the one thing I'll remember about that 2000 season very fondly was when they played Dallas in the game, they won 27 to nothing at home. Uh, that was a game where uh, Madden was doing the game. It was the first time Madden had done the 430 game in Baltimore, 415, whatever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, he came in and he telestrated the left side of that offensive line for most of the night. He'd gone to the same high school as Edwin Mulatalo. Uh, that Madden had. And that entire uh, afternoon, Jonathan Ogden had probably the the best game of his career in terms of just caving in play after play that Cowboys line. And Jamal Lewis ran behind it for one of his biggest ever games. Right. And that's why J.O. was in the Hall of Fame. It's a great one. Uh, so Jamal uh, uh, certainly uh, went into the postseason uh, that year, had a big uh, postseason for the Ravens, uh, 100 yards in the Super Bowl. Uh, it did not run as effectively against Tennessee, but then nothing about the offense really worked that well in that game. Of course, because I was watching the America's game about the 2000 Ravens and Trent Dilfer said that they had that Tennessee had memorized his plays because his playbook was stolen there a few weeks earlier. Yeah, that's right. That's that when they when they won the game at Adelphia, they were the first team ever to do it. Mm-hmm. Dilfer claimed his playbook got stolen. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably I'm sure it's true, too, is what's what's really bad about that. And uh, I'm sure Jeff Fisher made the most he could out of that. Right. Because Trent Dilfer said they knew they knew all plays. And he was getting he was getting battered that whole game. He was literally running for his life. And it's crazy because. When I see Trent Dilfer running for his life, that took me back to week one against Oakland this year when Lamar was running for his life. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. It was definitely, definitely true. Uh, last year, J- Jamal Lewis, same thing in week one, got, got uh, ran all over the field by the Cleveland Browns and still managed to win 38-6. But, but you know, obviously a great uh, – uh, a great game for the for the defensive line of the Browns, unfortunately, in that game. Right. Uh, so Jamal took him uh, more or less was a lot of the offense in that year. And, you know, the Ravens offense, frankly, they got good field position from the defense. They got a, lot, a fair number of short fields and they did very well with them in 2000. But a lot of people forget that the Ravens scored 333 points that year, which 20 points a game, almost 21, was a good number in the NFL for that time. And they more than doubled their opponent's scoring. So it wasn't all about that 2000 defense, although that was certainly what was really special about the team. Absolutely. That was the highlight. That was that was the talking point of everybody's conversation that year was that defense and how dominant that defense was and still is to this day. It's it's definitely talked about because the 2000 defense gets talked about more than the 2006 defense and the 2011 defense because the 2000 defense won a championship. The 2006 and 2011 defenses didn't, even though they should have. But that's another story. Yeah, they, they sure should have. We've had, a, we've already had 
exactly the episodes to cover that. We had a 2006, uh, uh, we had uh, the NFL chick on to talk about the 2006 season. Such a bummer, you know, the end of that. And then we had Josh Charles on to talk about the, lo- the loss of the AFC Championship. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is, Christopher, are we natural complainers as sports fans that we always want to rehash the negative as opposed to really kind of letting ourselves enjoy and revel in what was positive? In a way, yes, because, you know, like I said, that 2016 and that 2011 team, they had championship caliber written all over them. And we all know what happened. You know, we ran into Peyton Manning in 06 and we ran into Tom Brady in 2011. Yep. Uh, uh, devastating losses, certainly uh, for me. I don't even need to go into those again. I told that story. Enough <laughs> on him, but, uh, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't inflict myself on anybody else after that Colts loss. I was insufferable. I was just was terrible. Uh, let's go on with Jamal here, though, because the, the hard knocks came to the Ravens in 2001, of course. And, and one of the big things that happened that camp was Jamal Lewis's injury very early on, uh, tackled by Kelly Gregg and, and uh, lost his ACL there, uh, lost, the, lost the season to the ACL injury. Uh, the Ravens were not the same, obviously. They, they, in a lot of ways, Jamal was the, the piece that would have put them over the top in 01, I think. Yes, because if I'm not mistaken, they had, they had Chris Barnes and Jason Brookins, and they had to bring in Terry Allen to supplant their uh, – run game and their run game didn't do too well in 2001. I mean, I mean, I I mean, they did make the playoffs. They got to the division round, but they lost to Pittsburgh. And, but see, here's the, here's the crazy part about that 2001 season is that if we would have beat Pittsburgh, we would have played new England the following week. Mm Mm-hmm. And they and they they had beaten Oakland in that in the snow game, right? So exactly. we would have played them, and it would have been in Baltimore. Yes, or, or no, 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 we no, were no. The wild card. We, we, we were the wild we card. We would have went to uh, Foxborough. Yeah, that would have been All right. Well, that could, that would have been our first time facing off against a young Tom Brady. Yeah, it would have been it would have been interesting to see if they could have taken him that year. It would have been a it would have been a good good test for that team, but. Uh, yeah, d- disappointing season, certainly, the way that ended out. And, and Chris Barnes, boy, didn't even make the roster. You know, it's, he's a fifth-round draft pick, and, you know, that, that almost never happened to Ozzy that, that he lost one right away like that. But uh, I, I don't know what the issue was, but, uh, but he did not make the roster out of camp. They had, Mo Williams was another guy they got from that year. If you, he's a name from way back that you, you probably remember. Yeah, I remember him from, uh, during, from his uh, playing days in Minnesota with Brian Billick. Yep. Yep. That's the guy. They always come back. Well, 2002, Jamal came back and uh, the Ravens had a, had a, you know, the purge year going on. And they, you know, Lewis became both a receiver and a runner that year, but did a lot for that offense. Uh, Jeff Blake was a quarterback. And, and frankly, I loved that season. You know, they were seven and nine, but they were just, they, they were fighting like hell to be in every ball game. And you had another number of defensive stars just coming onto the team for the first time that year. But Jamal's effort on offense, really special in 2002, obviously to do as well as he did. Yeah, for him to come back and run for 1,327 yards and six TDs, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Hell of a- Hell, hell of a year and uh, and played in all 16 games that year. Um, oh, oh, three. 
uh, of course, is the magical season for Jamal is only all pro, incredibly, his only pro bowl in 2002. How do you do that? How do you rush for for a thousand yards seven times in your career, 900 another and make one pro bowl? It, it, it just goes to show that the AFC had a lot of good running backs that year. Well, during that time frame, because you had yeah. you had I think him and Eddie George were like neck and neck. Oh, and yeah. oh, and uh, Curtis Martin. There's another one. Yeah, boy, Curtis Martin is kind of an unknown great back. That's a good one to remember. So Jamal rushed for 2,066 yards. Uh, 500 of those came against Cleveland. 295 of them came, of course, in the third game, second game of the year, right? Second mm-hmm. game of the year. What were you doing? That When, when you saw uh, Jamal rush for 295, what, do you remember where you were or what you were doing on that day? Yes, I was, I was at home. I was watching the game, and I was like, I, I don't know. Like, when I woke up that morning, I was like, Jamal going, he gonna do something this this t- t- today. He gonna do something, mm-hmm. and it's like once I see him break them long TD runs, I'm like, yeah, he going. It's gonna be a special day for Jamal today. Yeah, sure, it sure was. We uh, we were at the park and we we knew that it was uh, that it was happening. Of course, as it was, they had 183 yards at halftime, and I said, okay, he breaks one more, he's gonna get a range. And sure enough, in that third quarter, he had one. Forgetting if the third quarter, the second quarter, I think it was the third quarter that he got a, a few yards lost to a holding penalty at the end of the play. Yeah. But it was still like 62 yards. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, that was something that was something really cool. But it's it's a game I'll never forget. Uh, you know, sadly, I had my ticket from that game and a number of other games, including the 2000 postseason. And I sent them off to get put in a special display and they got lost in the mail. It's the only time I've ever lost anything in the mail. I'm so upset about it. <laughs> oh, man. It's big, big loss. All right, so 2004 comes along. And Jamal, I'm trying to remember if 2004, 2005 was the year where he had to sit out some time either after the season and spend a couple of months in jail for a cell phone being used. I think it must have been after, um, prior to the 2004 season because he, he had to sit out a couple of months for a cell phone being used for a drug deal while he was in college, his cell phone being used for a drug deal. So every, the common understanding was it didn't have anything to do with him, but he allowed it to happen and, and obviously allowed his you know, friends to uh, mess up his life you know, to, to a degree. Fortunately, he, he served his time in the offseason, and it never became an issue the way you know, Ray's troubles followed him for, for many years. People always wanted to talk about that. I, don't, I haven't heard it much from Jamal since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as that incident with Jamal, it's, it's like it just came and went. Like, you heard about it, and then you didn't hear about it anymore. Yeah. It's a good thing. Uh, there's a place full of second chances. We hope that uh, hope that everybody gets one, of course. Uh, 2005, Jamal had a little bit of a setback, only rushed for 900 yards, and his yards per carry dropped a lot. And that was the first year, uh, it was the first of a five-year stretch where he was under four yards a carry. So he only went, only went down to 3.4 yards per carry. After being, you know, two years before in his 2000 season, he was at 5.3 yards a carry. So there were a lot of questions about him continue on in Baltimore after 2005, but he had one year left on his deal. He played it out and uh, rushed for 1,132 yards in his final year as a Raven, a little bit below average in 3.6 yards per carry, but those 2006 Ravens really were pacing games. They were trying to get them over, and Jamal was a big part of that. Absolutely. 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 Um, 
Yeah, I'm sitting here looking. Yeah. Uh, popular speculation blamed Lewis steadily declining performance since the 2003 season. Lewis had also voiced displeasure during the 2005 season over the team's failure to sign him to a long-term deal. He signed a three-year deal on March 13, 2006, despite the, the Ravens signing former Broncos running back Mike Anderson, who widely was thought to be Lewis's replacement. Hmm. That didn't happen. <laughs> Surely. Anybody knows about that, the story of Mike Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike Anderson, he he had his he had his time in Denver. I remember him from Denver, him and um Orlandis Garrett. Mm-hmm. And Mike Shanahan, he anybody could run four thousand yards in Mike Shanahan's system. But kind of like Greg Roman, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, when when they had broadcast that they had released Jamal Lewis, I was like, y'all did what? <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 y'all did no, 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 I didn't hear that correctly. And my mother was like, you heard that correctly. I was like, oh my God. Um, of course, picked up by the Browns. He had another big year with 1,300 yards in 07. Uh, and the Browns uh, you know, had their first good year uh, let's see. They did not make the playoffs. The O2 season was still the only team, only season at that point that they'd made the playoffs. Uh, but they did definitely had a good season. And then Jamal was right at the heart of it. And uh, he played two more years in Cleveland, which we don't really need to talk about too much because that ain't Ravens history. But uh, it's uh, did was able to top 10,000 yards uh, in at age 29. So yeah. pretty impressive, certainly. And at, at that point to be able to do it. Yeah, gives you an idea with the with the with the older backs the Ravens have today right now on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's is it kind of surprising to you Jamal Lewis was really done at thirty? Uh, you know, with an incredible workload certainly in his case. I believe that the workload caught up with him. The workload in the the workload the increased workload led to injuries, which led to him. You know, coming to a conclusion that okay, I'm I'm approaching thirty. I've done all I could do. It's time for me to retire. Well, it was a uh, it was probably a good time for him to retire, but but it was definitely a big workload. He had a lifetime and a great Raven uh, to to be sure. Uh, we've heard about all kinds of things since he retired, uh, having a trucking company and selling his championship ring and whatnot. But uh, uh, certainly, I think a guy who, who loved the good life, he had a, a great collection of cars, was my understanding, including a Lamborghini. So uh, had his had his fun stuff and, and certainly enjoyed playing the game. It really showed on the field. Right. Um, I had a chance. Uh, I work at the University of Maryland, Baltimore campus downtown, and I had a chance of meeting Jamal Lewis. That was my first time ever meeting him. And the first thing I said to him, I was like, you look a lot much. You look a lot less bulkier than what you did when I seen you on TV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked it. We t- we had a nice little conversation and I told him, like, you know, I spent a lot of my, well, of course, when Jamal came, I was in high school. I was in 10th grade. I was like, for the time that you were here, you know, I appreciate everything that you did for not just the Ravens, but just for the city itself. And he and he smiled at me. He was like. That's the best thing I've heard today to this day. <laughs> uh, 
That's a nice thing to say. That's a nice thing to say to anyone. I did. Uh, you, you, you mentioned you talked to him for a few minutes. Did you did you anything else come up in your conversation? Um, you know, I talked to him about that 2003 season. I was like, man, like every week I was glued to the TV to see what Jamal would do next. From like from the Browns game on, I'm like, okay, this man going to be racking up at least 100 yards a game for the rest of the year. The Browns game just so happened to be like that game that everybody was paying attention. Like, huh? Like, mm-hmm. okay, Jamal, Jamal going to do something. And I honestly believe if he wouldn't have lost that year in 01, he would have definitely had, he would have definitely had over 10,000 yards a lot much sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might've done it even with the Ravens possibly. I, that's probably a stretch, but, but, but he, he would have gotten there sooner. Yeah. Christopher, outstanding having having you talk about Jamal Lewis. You know, I love this, this story is great in terms of you meeting him personally and, and just having a discussion about a player you clearly love is is great. If people want to talk football with you, where can they catch up with you? You can uh, catch me on Twitter at Sports Craze eighty five. That's Sports Craze C R A Z E. The number eighty five, and that's my Twitter handle. Sports Craze eighty five. That's where you can catch me. All right. All right, Christopher, thanks so much for coming on. I want to want to also tell other people who are interested in doing a film study short or the 25 years uh, uh, series, just give me a contact by DM on Twitter and we'll get right to it. And and, uh, and I'll put it out there and we'll record it. And uh, it, have a narrow topic. Jamal Lewis is a, is a fairly narrow topic. Uh, if you have another player who you really liked, an, an old timer who maybe isn't that well known, that'd be cool too. Uh, Christopher, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And we'll, we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. 